Howdy, everybody. I'm Cisco Naira with Humidity Podcast, the sister of Humidity, Houston's bike courier zine. This was a bike messenger zine that started back in 1998. It ran month to month for tres años. It was about the bike messenger lifestyle and culture. Now we're bringing it to you in audio. We are continuing the conversation a decade and a half later with a new perspective from H-Town to the world. We'll be talking to ex-bike messengers, current bike messengers, and friends of bike messengers. So sit back, take a ride, and enjoy the show. And howdy, everyone, and welcome to the Humidity Podcast. My name is Cisco the Kid, and today I am sitting with the one and only... (laughs) I was ex- I was pumped up about this dude driving over here. Um, I'm sitting with Mr. Jack Anderson, dude. Hey man, how's it going? How's I seen you again, dude. dude. Been a while, man. You, man. AKA, like you had a couple of them. <laughs> the, the, you know, you didn't actually run with them. I remember, but people would say some of your AKAs, uh, jackets. <laughs> yep. I know there was a couple other ones. There was, man. Uh, can you remember any of them? Man, honestly, dude, that was so, so long ago. It was like. Everything was a haze, but I just remember uh, just and was running and gunning 24-7, it seemed like, man. It's and amazing, we're talking, dude. talking this is over 20 years ago, about 20 years ago, yep. like when we were all down there working together. So, yeah, uh, I was in the prime of it when everybody was down there. But, you know, back on the nicknames, of, you, you weren't really a courier until you had a nickname. You know what I'm saying? You were yeah, just, you was yeah. like a uh, running start. I mean, he got even though as, uh, you had to do something to screw up. To get a nickname. Exactly. But then you, you just had to live with that. It don't matter if you went back and corrected it. It was like, oh, that was it. Like, did you hear John Rittman's podcast, the way he said it? He goes, don't ever argue your nickname. Yeah, if you it's given. It, it'll stick with you even more. Yeah, yeah. It's, you're, you're branded, so yeah. just take it and yeah. make the best of it. Basically, you are. <laughs> I mean, think about some of the nicknames that were done. Like, oh, uh, dude, there's... Scammer. <laughs> trash. 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 Uh, run and start. Uh... Louis, oh, one eye Luigi. <laughs> Luigi, when I walk, when I walk, that's what they call. When I walk, who else is down there? Squirrel, Strain. I still see him. Um, yeah. He goes down there to car swap, so seen him down a couple times. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many. Dude. Like, I made a list of bike the wolf, bikes. like the legend, the wolf, yeah, just the, wolf. the kid, the kid, yeah. Martha. Mar- <laughs> <laughs> Dude, actually, I, I really want to interview that guy, man, uh, just because he was, even though, like, he was, like, anti-bike messenger, you know, he was kind of, like, sti- but he was still in the scene forever, and, like, man, everyone, he busted everyone's balls, everyone busted his balls, like, he was just one of the, he was, like, a kind of outcast bike messenger, you know what I'm saying? He really didn't hang out with us, but he hung out in downtown just talking shit, dude. Yeah, but, you know, that's that was, uh part of Marty's personification, man. He's like, sans the tattoos. I mean, he just had the attitude. Like, you know, hey, man, fuck everybody else. I'm Marty, and I want you guys to hate me. I don't want to. Yeah. That, that was the whole exactly. thing. Exactly. If you like, start breaking him down, it's like, dude. You just, we know, you just fueled the fire for him. I know. You know, I never really had a problem with him. I, I know. But he wouldn't talk shit to me. He says one time he told me, this is, a, this is how long ago this was. It was. Walgreens or Woolworth were still yeah, downtown. Yeah, yeah. I guess my dad was at the lunch counter. You know, my dad, he talked a lot of shit, man. Yeah. And then, but Marty came back. He was all huffing and puffing. He's like, hey, I want to ask you a question. I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, your dad's got a smart mouth on him. 
He's like, dude, if I knock the shit out of him, am I going to have to? I said, dude, I'll beat your ass, dude. Like, nobody's touching my dad. I don't care. He, that man's 50-something years old. Yeah, so well, let me set this up. Uh, Jack, your father was, he was a walker in downtown yep. for several years. I mean, he was walking down there. Dude, he started in the 60s delivering blueprints, bro, on a bicycle, man. What? But yeah, a lot of people are consumed like. I didn't like, even know this. Because I, I know when I came down there, he was already walking. Oh, yeah, he'd been there he for years. Yeah, he was a legend then. He's, uh, but he was a. Uh, See, a lot of people, they, they misconstrue about, like, the history of Messengers. Messengers been down there since the beginning. Uh, 1900s. Think about it. They were, yeah. they were uh, Western Union yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Wore suits with uh, straw hats on, dude. Hat and, like, they wore, there's a lot of pictures. Yeah, there's a lot. That you see them downtown. Mystery, uh, history scene of bike messengers yep. in the early 1900s. But yeah, he started back in the 60s delivering blueprints. Uh, uh, it was called Crest Blueprint. And he would ride downtown. Then he, he he was always in a messenger uh, concept one way or another. He started working with UPS. Uh, I want to say like in the early '80s, started getting back delivering for uh, Early Bird. And uh, who else was he with? He was over at Fulbright and Jaworski in the early '80s, Bird. man. Yeah. I think before Chris and everybody got into it, like in the early '80s. Yeah. Because I think it was they had a mailroom lady. I think Brenda. And uh, I remember in the early '80s, we'd always go over there and hang out. You know, they feeding packages out of there. Well, shout out to your pops, rest yep. in peace. Miss your dad. He's yeah. a good guy, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember he was always walking with his styrofoam cup. Yep. <laughs> and I, you know, he'd be walking around, and I'd run into him in the elevator. I shoot the breeze with him for a little. bit. Yeah, he was a real approachable guy. He's laid back, easy going. You know, it's like. Yeah. Just uh. When did he pass again? That was back in. Passing uh Christmas Day of twenty, two thousand and. Four, dude. Yeah, Three. 2003. Around that time. Yeah. Because that. that was right at the end of my tenure with uh, Roadrunner. I told he was sick. And I told myself when he passed away, man, it was like just going downtown, it was like painful, you know? Yeah. It was good. I'd see see stuff or places that remind me of him, but it's just, yeah, that was pretty much the end of so I was down there for about, I had about a good five-year run down there. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, let me, let's, let's kick it back a little bit. Uh, we went through the... Um, AKA, how old are you now today, Jack? I'll be 50 next month, man. What? Damn, get out of here. You don't look at it. I know, all, man. Dude. That's like John Ritman's. I know. He's 50. He don't look 50. And you at figure all. the way that we ran and partied down there, like all the nights sleep. It's like, wow, man. Dude, I, like, I'll say this again. Any, anytime I interview someone, y'all bring back a memory that was like in the back of my closet brain. And I was like, oh, yeah. I didn't That's I good. never remember that until you brought it up. The one so there's several of them, but there's a couple of them that I remember real distinctly. Like uh, birthdays were always a big deal with us. You know, we were always going out like uh, like we needed a reason to drink more <laughs> incessantly. You know, but it was like quit. Um, so um, back in the like around like but right before the millennial started out, we uh, a couple of, you and I always our thing was we go to. Take each other out to eat on Nico Nico's for yeah, a birthday. Lemon pepper pork chops. Pork chops yep. dude. Those things are off the chain. And uh, we had gone. There was a couple of them that I'll bring up on this. But the one was, I forget what the nightclub was. You ended up spending the night at my house at night. Because I'd given you some clothes to wear. And we went to a couple of places. But we ended up, some, I don't remember where it was. But we, we were getting ready to toast my birthday. And it was, uh, it was, in that group, it was like Chris, the usual people like, make sure he's not chewing on anything over the week. 
So, long story, we went out there to party on seven. John Rittman's wife, she, she didn't really particularly care for me. I think there's a couple other couriers. But we were, so, we're in there, and it was like raising our glasses, like, happy birthday. Uh-huh. And at the last thing, she just turns her back, like, like you know, was like, wow, okay. <laughs> it's just a birthday toast, man. But that and the pub crawls, man, were. Oh, dude. You remember that one pub crawl that we had? And we were like, tearing it up man it's like we ended up over here at the leon's on and this is remember i told you i said hey man do a back uh uh cartwheel hand sand with a backflip yeah remember i did it but i hit my head dude hey you you got up from the ground but you flipped completely i did got back up but you landed i was like because i had that uh i had that I either had that orange diamond back I bought from me, yeah, or that red Cannondale that I got. Uh-huh. And I had Chris build those up, but uh, yeah, we were. Uh, yeah, we. I remember that because nobody was there yet, and yeah. the ladies like, uh, "We're." I said, "We're here for the pub crawl." Yeah. And they're like, "Okay," and I jumped over the counter. Remember? Yeah. And started handing them beers out, <laughs> and the ladies looking at me. I'm like, "I got this. I I, I got it. I'll pay for it." You know? She's like. Uh, that's my job. I'm supposed to be opening the cooler up. That that was at Leon's, remember? Yeah. Leon's. Every time I go by there, man, I think. Dude, I'll never forget. You. I was like, Jack, I was like, you ain't going to do no backflip, dude. And you took off. You did a, a, a one and a half, and then you went for the back handstring. <laughs> you fucking said, man, hit, it man. hurts. And it, in the con- on the concrete of the sidewalk. And then your feet flipped over, and you jumped up. Show the amount of alcohol, and dude. Your, yeah, it's like, your eyes were like kind of rolling around, like whoa. <laughs> that was some fun. Man. I was, la- I mean, I, I, I don't was, think I can perform that move again. You didn't yeah. fall down or anything, but you got up, and I was like, damn, this dude just busted his head on this but, on uh, sidewalk, man. But yeah, that was that. Uh, I tell you what, it was it was that lifestyle was so conducive for everybody because it was. I mean, even on the shit days, like John said in this box, he's like, I would drive my Jeep. Now, remember that? I'm like, I'm not getting wet, dude. I, I put my bike in my car, and I would just drive my deliveries. Yeah. i find a, a truck zone. There was a couple of you guys who, who did that, too. But I'm, I live so close, like, almost where I live now. Yeah, you live But I was in the, I was doing the uh, night dispatching for Roadrunner. Yes, that's right. And then uh, I was being a biker during the day. But he would always stop me out around my house, and I would just be chilling, and then he'd load me up with shit, now going to town for my first run. But if it was raining, just drive my Jeep down there, but I wasn't that hardcore, dude. I, listen, it was a job to me. I mean, I, I, mean, I enjoyed I, hanging I, out and partying, but... You you and Carl and John, like, dude, I never jumped in my car. I, Pocahontas I, had a I, damn chauffeur down there. He had the easiest job out of everybody, dude. <laughs> Remember that girl? He got married, right? Nah, he's still with her, though. Really? Yeah. He's still oh, Carl, with, man. He's been with dude almost like twenty years. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, yeah. They got a house together, I think. Yeah, and they live over by where I lived in Inwood, but a little bit further on. Are you living in Inwood? Yeah, I got. A, I, I used a, to live. Now, I, I mean, I I've been out of there for a while now, but. Um. Let's take it back just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were actually a driver first, right? Okay, what year was this? Would you say? Um. The way I got my start was actually I, I, I was a driver for Tex for Roadrunner. Okay. Was that's that the only I, company, the first company driver you were working for? Uh, no. Uh, okay, so when I got out of the military in 91, I came back. I was going to school, 
and I was working for a company. Actually, it was based out of one shell plaza. Mm-hmm. It was called uh, Corporate Delivery. Oh, yeah. And uh, my dad, it was uh, real easy because my dad and I were like liaisons uh-huh. that um, they didn't want these uh, drivers going up and getting their own packages. Yeah. Because, you know, back then, that's before security and all that stuff. It's a whole different era back then, man. Yeah. Like security wise. So, so what basically, my dad and I. This? What year is this? This is 1991. Oh, so you, you've been doing 91, you 90, working for corporate back in 91. Well, I, when I got out of Montreal, at the end of 91, I got out in October. I went to work there. So it's been, it's been almost 30 years ago. But my dad and I were down there, and we would pull packages down for drivers, and then we would run the short ones. And we were guaranteed you know, a salary. Anything over was a, a extra incentive and stuff. But uh, anyways, so we... Uh, did that, and then I went out and got me a side uh, a side deal with Beer Peretti's. I was delivering food for them downtown, and I would do that yeah. from my, and that turned out to be really good, man. Because uh, initially it was from See, six to eight. I didn't know this. Yeah, this is still early nineties. Yep. So from six to eight, I went and I talked to the guy. I told him, you know, I was a delivery guy. It was it happened by accident. So I don't even know that I, I was going to school and I stayed down here and delivered and stuff. And he, his name was Mark, and he asked me, he said. Would you want to try a business venture and deliver food down here from six to eight? So we sit down and start hammering it out, working out the details. So the way it worked was, I'd be on call from six to eight. They would page me, mm-hmm. and yeah, this is back when the heights of pager days. Yeah. So they would put down the address at Beer Peretti. I believe what is that? It's five five hundred Prairie. Yeah. Yeah. So. so he would put that in there, and I would run over there, pick the food up. And they had a corporate card with a portable um, credit card machines. Remember this? Yeah, oh, yeah. Because Enron was one of our biggest customers uh-huh. when Enron was doing good. Yeah. And during tax season, these guys wanted to eat decent food, and they didn't mind paying. I was making upwards of three, $350 a week in tips alone. And I was getting on the – we set the delivery price at anything over uh, $25 was a $10 fee that I got directly. Anything under twenty five was five that I got, mm-hmm. so I was getting that plus whatever my tips were. Yeah, this thing exploded. They, he'd actually offered me did that for about two years. Then he offered me to go to the. They had the corporate office on West Gray here. Yeah, and they wanted me to do be in charge of all deliveries in house. And I told him I said nah, I was going to school and I didn't want to do that. So he told me they were going to start doing that. It was like a precursor to all these food delivery places. Yeah, I remember, you know, back in the day, they did have those deli- – I think a couple of messengers did deliver for them as well, beer parades back, yeah. back in the mid-'90s when I came on. But, they, yeah, they had offered me um, a lot of, um, you know, to take that over. And you can't look back, but, I mean, it was, you know, it was something for experience. It was fun. So you did that for several years, would you say? Did that um, – From I left, I left from I left from over there in 94. So I must say right around three years. Yeah. It's about a, yeah. It's a lot of good extra pocket money, uh, and you know we even worked it out where I do it on Saturday and Sundays when it got real busy. So everything doubled on price, but yeah. there was if you had an ambition, there was a lot of money to be made In down downtown. there. Yeah, I mean you didn't just have to rely on your delivery job; you could always do extra it's stuff, man. Yeah, but um, and then and then after um, that was like, how did you? What happened after Beer Paredes? So after Beer Paredes, corporate um, yeah, corporate. Okay, so I left there in '94. My dad stuck around for a few more months. 
they tried to change out the uh, uh, change everything. These you know these owners were notorious for buying businesses and then squeezing, trying to want you to do more work, and make less money. So um, I'd actually I think I took like a year off from that, and I was doing I was doing electrical work oh, yeah. at a chemical plant for about a year. I miss it, so I went and interviewed at a. Uh, remember Karen, that was a general manager at uh, what was it? Uh, Houston Delivery. Uh, I, she was I a GM anyway. She 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 met me, and then I was walking back across the street, and she paged me and told me to come on. At Houston Delivery. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I went to work there. Went went to work for about four. Uh, I worked for them for like six months. And then uh, my my dad was wanting to go back to work, and a guy named Glenn, Glenn Weeks, well, uh, Glenn Weeks, he owned WW. A lot, of, oh, I, I, I know a lot of people. Dude, Dwayne dude. ended up taking my job yeah, over there. I, a lot. Love you. Um, I went to work over there. It was what uh, guy named Greg Bottom, and it was. Uh, but were you doing bike messenger stuff at that um, time, or you? Were oh like, no, actually. Um, so from uh, I think it was in '97. Now I worked with WW, and it was Glenn Weeks and his dad Marvin, starving Marvin. Then Greg bought it out. I worked there for like a, about a year. I was mostly downtown, just like picking up, doing a like Williamson Belly Courthouse on and stuff. Yeah. But we were on a guaranteed salary. Mm-hmm. So um, then I left from there. I think Dwayne replaced me over there. At WW. At WW. That he was his a, first gig, right? I think. I don't so. know if it was his first gig. No, he had worked for uh, some some of mother small. I can't remember the small company's names, but he ended up getting that job, and I went to work with. Actually, Tex hired me temporary. They just they had that warehouse on. And this Eighth is Street. in ninety seven. Ninety eight. Ninety eight. Okay. okay. Ninety eight. Uh, yeah, I went because that's when I got on with Road June Road. of ninety eight is when I went over. I remember because mm-hmm. my buddy DJ's wedding was in May. And right after that, I went went there. I started out in the warehouse. I was painting the, the floors for him in the warehouse. Yeah. And I was helping him out. On 18th Street. And Pat, Pat McGowan was, got sick or something had happened with him. Mm-hmm. And he could he wasn't coming in anymore. Mm-hmm. And takes off me that position. I had a driver's number. I had 295. So they just switched me to doing bikes. 295? That was my number, 295. Oh, yeah, because you were driving. I was a driver. <clears throat> yeah, the drivers were in the... I started out driving, and I drove for like about a year... And then he asked me, because I was doing a night dispatch, and he asked me if I wanted to do the bike, and I told him, yeah, which was better, because you made, you didn't wear your vehicle out, you didn't burn gas. I mean, everybody, all those guys, it was a personal thing with them, like, look, I'm making all this money, and the biker's mentality was, no, you're not, because I'm making the same money you're making, I'm not turning my vehicle up. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, you were I, like, I remember when you came on as a biker at Roadrunner, because, yeah, Jack, you and I, we worked at Roadrunner for a while. And uh, I got on Roadrunner in 98. Yeah, so we started running around the same 90, time. In the 98, because I was working for Houston Express. I remember one time, one thing I do remember about you, we had this, I don't know if we had a direct connect. Yeah, on the oh yeah, while you're we, did. we had the two way radio. But no, because we had the two way radio. Because in the beginning, night, that one the night, one day you party, had party real bad. I and got you on that radio. Like, shit, you were like, you were making all these comments and quirks like, no, or Martha. You were just every time that, and, and they were like, I, I, you were laughing, and hey. people were like, dude, what is wrong with this guy, man? Like, 
And you did it all day, and you came back and you said, hey. There were a couple of times I uh, was either hungover, and I jumped on the mic, and I just started talking shit to Martha or Chris Farrow. And then there was a couple of times where I just didn't come into work, and start, we just started drinking in the morning. And it would be like, of course, I work for Rotor, and I'd be hanging out with someone that worked out for another company, and we'd both be off and just be getting hammered yeah. during the day. Remember those days? You know, and then I'd get on the man. radio and just, I'd be telling you like me, I'd you're a per, like, uh, persistent <laughs> shit talker, dude. I was talking like, shit to everybody, dude. Suck my dick, Chris. Well, once you got some drinks and your inhibitions are lower, you, you feel good. And then that. Martha would be on the radio just, what? I gotta go two blocks down the street to give it to somebody. I was like, Shut the fuck up, Martha. Go get the package. Quit whining. Yeah, that was fun. You know, actually, uh, we've seen you. I haven't seen you, but my buddy Daniel Who? has seen you. Martha. Where? Dude, he's a he's surveyor. A- he's a surveyor now. Oh, dude. really? Yeah. I, I haven't I haven't seen him maybe 10, 15 years. My buddy seen him twice in like the last year. He saw him, he saw him at a nice restaurant. So he was dressed casual, and but he looked. And he's like, Marty? Me is telling me that you know he's he's a surveyor now. Yeah. Is what he he's got to be close to fifty two. Uh, like I mean, yeah, like 48, 40, 47. I remember when he was dating. He was older. Remember than when he was dating Ashtray? Like Robin the Cradle, man. Ah no, she was a teenager. She was. She's still. In, she was still in uh, Catholic school. Have you school. seen her lately? No, she was going to the Foley's Academy in downtown. Yeah, remember when? I remember she had that plaid skirt. So she would just wear that. <laughs> she always always had that. Uh, Dude, she got married. She's oh no, she's doing real well, man. She yeah, she's doing really good. Pretty smart. You remember the, t- the couple of parties that we had when she lived over here on? Uh, oh yeah, Cat? yes. Really, it was that one. Uh, one of the twins. I don't know if it's a good twin or evil, evil or twin, hungry. but Larry Hannah did some of the watermelon. They busted a watermelon. You remember that? And a uh, fight started out. <laughs> I want to say uh, it was. Uh, listen, I think I think it was Jock. You remember? Oh, Jock, Frank Jock, yeah, Frank. I think it was Jock and one of the twins beat the shit out of some dude over there. Uh huh. And there, then, there were some parties. They, there, yeah, she, they broke up because she had a wooden fence that went in front of the house. Yeah, and then so she like, had a stairway that went straight up. Yeah, so like she had a big house like there. That's when yeah. rent was cheap. Yeah, over oh yeah, here in the mon- it is, uh, the mantra is like you can get up, dude. I'm paying fourteen hundred here right now for this. What you're sitting in the studio, okay? Dude, back in the day, like we're up now, that was the other thing. I had free rent because I was manager at that property. Yeah. But even the rent was only like 400 bucks. Yeah. Damn, that's still good, though. But I always tried to have money coming in some way, dude, because free rent, they give me $200 for each apartment I rented. But I was flipping on the side, uh-huh. like everybody knows. Uh-huh. Uh, doing night dispatch work. And I was probably making about four grand a month, man, total. Yeah. yeah. Just... Yeah. It's a good life, man. And no rent. Took care of my dad, did the best thing I could with him, so I'm like and you know, it's a long time ago, dude, but it was it was an experience, yeah. man. It was that was almost met a lot, like like we're having this talk now, dude. Yeah. All the people that are still yeah. stay in touch, you know. Yeah, actually, you know I stay in touch with pretty much all of you. I do. Like I mean it's been a while since I've been off the bike, but I still get a phone call. Or I'll, I'll scroll through my phone and I'll call one of you guys up, or you know, I, I, it's not long, like I, long time friendships, man. Yeah, it's not like I totally. 
I mean, because when I was doing Humidity, the magazine, like, of course, I, I, I would talk to everybody who worked in downtown. And there was a bunch of us down there at one time. Even people that didn't ride a bike, they, they were caught up in that culture. Like, yeah. Math. Remember exactly. math? Oh, yeah, yeah. And had, uh, yeah. And then the mailroom people yeah. at some of the you know law firms and oil companies. There was a couple of chicks, man. You remember uh, at, down at the courthouse because the, the way everything was so easy at Roadrunner, what made them so good was – when you got the courthouse runs, you you knew it on it. Once they loaded you up, you you were going to be in that area for like an but, hour. But the good thing was, like when they had all this courthouse research, those those women. I remember the, the one black girl. She, uh, we were like trying to hook up, but she would always like I would flip my shit and she would go do it for me and call me, and that's what everybody would do. Like you had like three law firms doing an hour research, and they were doing all the work where I come back there and give them cash or buy them lunch. And yeah, you a, had. I actually, you did. I know you had some working like that, dude. And I, I never did that. I dude, went. I, I no. went and dug for my own stuff. Yeah, and well, uh, I did everything uh, by myself. Yeah, I was being thorough, but no, but yeah. When you get a hookup, you got to take advantage of it. No. Hey, back on what we were talking about earlier was uh, you know, a couple of things, but uh, I do want to put this on the record, and I'm sure everybody that worked for him all great. Tech Tex was the best boss. Hey, cool, man. dude. Hands hey, down, dude. That's funny. John Rittman worked for Tex. Uh, I, I interviewed Squirrel. Squirrel said Tex. I mean, he abs- absolutely. The, he's one. He has uh, so much patience. I know I wore so, it. I've seen him blow up, you know, a couple times. I saw him blow up, too. But what, I'll tell you what he, what he admired about me was that uh, he – he wasn't much of a salesman, you know. He just ran with what we had. Yeah. And I remember that one time, because man, I, you know, I can talk some shit, dude. I was up there, uh, Dombrowski. Remember Dombrowski? Yes. I got that account, dude. Uh huh. And I, I was, this lady's like, she was on the phone. She goes, "We need to find a good delivery service. I'm tired of these people, man." And I, she was going down the other. I said, "Ma'am, I had a call. I said, hey, we have high prices, but it gets done good." So I, she goes, uh, "Bring somebody in here to talk tomorrow." Bring some information. We want to get it. And text. So I went. I called text and tell you. He goes. Well, how do you know? I said. I just met the lady, and I and you know I was selling her on it, and she wants to meet somebody. So text came down, brought some brochures. We went up and talked to them for like forty five minutes, and and we ended up getting. And they turned out. And text was given a ten percent commission for the total bill mm-hmm. on a year. To you? Uh, yeah. If you got an account. Oh. So I had that. I got that one. And I get a monthly. Like royalty check from it. Damn, that's that we had R two D two down there. Remember we didn't leave our tickets? Yeah. Across from Frank. Yeah, 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 yeah. The box. The box. Yeah. And uh he would meet me over there. But he would always put two checks in there like once a I month. I did not know that, that, dude. I did not know that. And then we did uh there was another one. Or maybe I did know and I just forgot. <laughs> that might have been it. Yeah. I forget a lot of stuff too, but uh Yeah, Damn. it was just uh That's a little side hustle right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you had to do down there, man? You had an expensive lifestyle, dude. You want to ride a nice bike and shit? <laughs> hey, dude, I, I remember I, I put together that, that diamond bat. That was my first actual mountain bike, and I tricked it out, dude. I put a SID on there and XT-darted it out. And I, I, I told myself I wasn't going to let it go. I can still tell you where we made the deal at. That's how good I remember stuff. Yeah, all right, tell we me. Were at, I forgot. We were, at, we were at 909 Houston. Mm-hmm. We're at, uh, it was uh, one Houston center. Mm-hmm. And there was a bench down there, right there on the McKinney side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we were right there. I was sitting there, and I was like, hey, I want to buy the Diamondback. And you're like, man, 
I don't know, man. Dude, you, I, I just get more money from me. I'm like, I'll give you 300 bucks right now. I don't think right. I sold it for that much, though, dude. I just no, you know what? Out, no, I, no, I tell you what. I, I bought the specialized from you, the red specialized. Oh, I gave you eight hundred for that. Yeah, and then I got, I gave you, I think I gave you six hundred for the Diamondback. Yeah, but on that Diamondback, I ended up buying uh, Shelly, Little Rock, Cannondale, that red Cannondale. That red Cannondale. Yeah, yeah, and I bought all new XTR parts and yeah. had Tri- Chris build it for me. Yeah, I remember that. And he charged me the frame of your Diamondback is what I gave. That's him. right. That bike got. I kept my part. Around. Yeah. Yeah. But then I don't know if it was from you I bought it or I had a I had a road bike. It was gray. It was a gray uh Shintani, I think. I don't remember. It was a Bianchi. It was a Bianchi. A Bianchi? Yeah. Because I, I remember I sold you two bikes. I sold you that diamondback, and then that was a hardtail, and then I sold you that full suspension. Yeah, the full suspension was bad. I dude. liked it a lot, dude. Those were the days. Hey, when you had a good bike, you're like, dude. Yeah. Man. That was uh, a good deal on that bike oh, yeah. that I got. And then I was like... You regretted yeah. it afterwards. You're I like, did. I was like, oh, I sorry, dude. sold that bike to you, dude. But, dude, the best bike, though, that I ever had was the uh, that, that, that Cannondale. The Don Park Man. It was, it was your size. That's yeah. why, dude. It was I think, a small I think it was a 50, No, that was a road bike. No. Uh, it was 16. It was 16, 15, maybe a 15. Yeah, it was it, a small it, frame. Yeah, it it, it was probably, it might have been a 14. It was a real small frame. It's nice. Bye I mean, how tall are you, Jack? Five, five. Okay. Yeah. And it had to be a 14 because uh, that Diamondback was a 15, and it was just right for me. Yeah, that that was good. That's yeah, a good that, fit, dude. Yeah. I'm, I mean, damn, I've had, dude, I've gone through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of bikes. Seriously. Like, right now, where I moved, I, like, I put all my bikes up. I mean, I have like ten bikes just hanging from the wall. Yeah, <laughs> like gone but not forgotten, right? Shit. Yeah, some of them are nostalgic. You know, it's nostalgic. I just kept them because you know. See another fun thing though. That, isn't, that uh, we'll always be submitted uh, fight night. Oh man! Yeah, okay, are we gonna talk about this, dude? Dude, that was so awesome, dude. Okay, so for those of y'all, uh, some bike messengers came. That's when I used to live out at, at the Intercontinental Airport out there and uh i used to have a, a little a little fun activity gambling night i lived in a warehouse like it was like 1800 square foot warehouse i had an office and then i created it had two offices i created one into living quarters and the other one was uh, my office and i did humidity out of it and then i had all those volkswagens in there mm-hmm. and i just started doing a little fun gambling night and uh I had this guy there that I had just met, and he busted out the boxing gloves. This was night one, because I did, like, four of them. And uh, I know you came to, like, one or two. Yeah. Is, uh, one of, uh, that guy was Hard Body Mike. Didn't you say yeah. that was what his name was? Yes. Big Body Mike. And it was Dustin's brother. I fought him, too. I fought you. But it was D- Dustin's and brother. I fought this old man. <laughs> but the first time that you had it, hey, the first time that you had it was you were telling me, that that dude, big body Mike, yeah. was beating the hell out of everybody. He was beating up everybody, dude. Then you said that the next time, the next time is like when you and I did our thing. But that dude was like the defending champ. Yeah. And Dustin's brother, remember he? he yeah, like, Andy. But 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 shout but, out to Andy. But he was a uh, yeah, Andy's. <laughs> but Andy was like a Muay Thai fighter yeah. at the time because he kept wanting he kept wanting to kick. And yeah. Remember he was like he was getting frustrated. He was, he was beating the hell out of the dude, but he was like, but that second instant, you know, you want to. Kick and stuff, man. Yeah, that's 
Actually, those are fun. I mean, I, I had like a pool tournament yeah, going pool, on. Yeah, popcorn machine too. Yeah, I had a remember? popcorn machine working. I had a pool tournament. No, just I had a card game going on. I had a domino game going on. I had a craps game going on. Like, I mean, that it was, was like full legit. Vegas, Vegas in your place, huh? <laughs> that was good, man. That and then like it, it became the Fight Club. Yep. Like I remember. First rule about Fight Club: Don't tell saying? nobody oh, about Fight Club, dude. That was the first. And then more people started showing yep. up. And I was like, fuck, dude, like, what the fuck? And it was, Fight Club had been out maybe... A couple years. I lived there from 2000 to, like, 2002. And that was probably, like, 19... I was probably, like, in 2000. So, like Fight, Fight Club came, came out, out in, like, 98, 99. Yeah, 98, 99. Yeah. So, but it all started off with that kid. He, he had just got out of the pen, and he had some boxing gloves, two sets in his car. And he's like, I'll fight anybody right now for 100 bucks. And then my friend, Chris Shavira, stepped up. He was a bike messenger for a while. He's a, I've known him since kindergarten. And, uh, man, he put those hands on my homeboy, dude. My, he just, pa, 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 pa. And then his cousin, I remember his cousin was there. His cousin, Joey, stepped up, and he was like, I'll take you on. And that dude, my, he put them damn hands on that dude too man and the next thing you know there were other fights started happening I had to say but it's on video right? all that yeah. stuff is on video yeah. you remember that chick fight when she got punched up yep. into the popcorn machine yep. <laughs> those were hazy days I do remember those man it was that like was, you said it was uh, you like if you got into party mode early on like on Friday it was like dude more than like if there was a big party involved his name was David not Mike Big Body David that's David. what we called him Big Body David he was young. He was like ten years younger than I was, and I was. You're about twenty five, man, dude. Oh, no, 40. he wasn't that young. He was maybe like five years younger than me. He had did some dirt when he was in his late teens, and did like two or three years in the pen, and then got out. Hmm. He was a cool guy. Like what? he actually met my dad and hung out. He started hanging out really? with my dad. Yeah, my dad was always that, that hangout type of person. Like all my friends were my dad's friends too. Yeah, you know saying they come and. I'd be, you know, like, hey, what you doing? Oh, I'm kicking it well, with, you know, whoever, you know? And I was like, damn. All right, I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> my dad, everybody at the tower, he would go down there with his beer cup, like you said. Yeah. Don't, they're, they're towards the end. When I was saying, I, I made him stop working. Yeah. Just so him, I said, listen, just help me out around the house, you know, collect the rent checks, you know, and I'll give you money every day. I think I had to give him like 25 bucks a day for what he needed. Yeah. He'd have his skull, his lottery, scratch yeah, off, and that. his beer. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, we would, uh, but he he loved to go downtown every day. And his thing was he'd go to the tower. Remember? Oh, dude! He'd play uh, knock poker. He had Andrew. It was Andrew. Yeah, Medina. Uh, all of all those yeah. old school guys were down there. Sit there and, and just play cards. And that was that was his happy point for the day, man. He'd yeah. come back home. And, yeah, but yeah. some good man. There were some good people down there, dude. You know, for the most part, I know we all had a reputation for partying and hair raising. But at the end of the day, you know. You look back now, it's like, nobody was really a bad person, dude. We're just... I mean, we we all had some issues. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But nothing... We were a bike messenger, so come on, dude. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Drive around all day and people trying to run you over. How many times do you get hit when you're down there? I know... Everybody, I you weren't really a messenger until you got your nickname and you got hit at yeah. least once, man. I got hit... I always tell people this, two and a half times. And like, a half? What's a half? I was like, it was a half-ass hit. <laughs> but that's like getting hit by a car. But I actually... Dude, I don't know how many doors opened up on me, and I hit a door. 
I mean, yeah, that happened maybe like three or four times. And then just busting ass, like the sidewalks when it'd rain and it'd be really slick. You know, you bunny hop up the sidewalk, and if you're on a road bike, those tires would just whoop, just fall right from under you. So, yeah, I busted ass so many times in downtown. I remember the, 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 I think I was hit like three times total. But the one that stood out the most was, it was right there on Smith, coming down Lamar, turning on Smith, by Lebanon, Louisiana. <laughs> there was that barbecue place. Yeah. What, what was it? No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, uh, you made me think of a story. I, I, was, I, was, in, I was in a turn. Uh, I was in a, the option lane to either go straight down and hit Mimo or I could turn. And there was a lady, and there was this Asian woman, was in a, a black Volkswagen. And she was in the turn only lane. Well, she went straight. Oh. And she T boned me. Well, dude, I flipped over the car and separated my shoulder. And I remember because Dustin was a witness. Uh huh. This chick kept going, and it, what was Junebug's girlfriend? The one that was uh, uh, Jessica. Jessica. At the time. She, it was right there. Yeah. All these people come out and they're looking. Well, the woman stops. She kept going and she stops. She runs back down there and starts patting me on my arm. Like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, ah. By that time, I guess about two or three people had called for an ambulance. Dude, you know, next thing I know, I'm getting loaded up. They took my bike. Uh, I think. Thank Justin took my bike and locked it mm-hmm. right there close to where we were at. Mm-hmm. They took me down to Park Plaza Hospital, popped my okay. shoulder back in, x-ray it, all that stuff. I called, text, tell him what happened. And uh, I remember this now, dude. The lady, the officer comes down and gives me a ticket, or gives, uh, gives me her information that he gave her a ticket. Mm-hmm. So I called the lady the next day. She lives over on Pittsburgh Street in West U, you know. And I said, this is the guy that you ran over yesterday, you know, did a... Uh, you know, she goes, oh, it wasn't my fault. You t- I said, well, you know what? I'll be calling your insurance company because there's witnesses down there, and you got a ticket. So it was your fault. Mm-hmm. Not only that, you kept going, and you came back and admitted guilt in front of everybody. And so I ended up getting money from an insurance company. But uh, she got paid off. You got, I got paid. paid yeah, I got How paid. Get? I want to say like five grand. Probably you about five, five grand. Man? I had to go get two estimates, I remember, from – I went to uh, Old Man James – down there uh-huh and then Sherrard's Sherrard's he gave me an estimate and then the other one was uh, right there by where I used to, what's the uh, the bike shop right there on Taft Houston by my house. Bike Houston Bike Jeff that was a guy yeah, named Jeff, Jeff yeah Jeff so they both give me estimates bicycle um, I had to get the medical bills and I get text to write out predicated basically what I made a day uh-huh and all of a sudden you know I made 200 bucks a day independent contractor so I got a check first check I got was like 800 bucks that was for the bike repairs Mm-hmm. Then she had me come up to the insurance agent and tell me they'd give me five grand. That's what I didn't have to go get an attorney. Oh, they just yeah, because yeah, because I, I wasn't going to deal with that, dude. Yeah. You get the same amount of money, you got to split it with people. Yeah. It takes longer, so uh. they told me they'd give me five grand and close it out. So I took it. Um, Damn, but I it never, still, that never happened to me. Like I, uh, some of you guys got hit, got paid. You know, y'all were out of work though. You know, what I'm saying for a while. And then there were some guys who got hit or got their sales hurt really bad. And then they were just like... Have lots of luck, though. I mean, you got to be persistent. And the person hitting you has got to have some kind of financial responsibility, you know? Yeah. They were fucked, though. Like, you know, they lost their apartments or you know, yeah. lost their place of living. They had to move in with somebody else. You know, we talk about that now. That's going on now, dude. I mean, pe- people aren't really prepared, dude. It's like, yeah. you lose your job. It's like, dude, your whole world stops, dude. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, you got a lot of people, man. You got to improvise, man. Like a Matt Swamp Donkey. Swamp That dude was like the uh, 
The, I want to interview him too. Hey, that's like the he was like the uh, Italian taco. <laughs> Guy had a carefree spirit, man. Just dude, just no. He was a mongrel, dude. Like he's just balls out. You gonna eat that sandwich? <laughs> no. You gonna eat those French fries? I remember one time, man, when I was living there on Avondale, and uh, I was cooking some steaks or something, dude. And he walks by the window. Dude, and the the windows are. My dad's in there taking a nap. Mm-hmm. You know, it was on a Sunday. I was cooking on a Sunday. I remember. Mm-hmm. Dude, I couldn't even see him. He's like, something sure smells good in there. Get out of here, man! I'm trying to eat, dude. <laughs> Damn, dad, the steak tastes so good. <laughs> he was hungry, dude. He was. Dude, I didn't mind helping him. It just that the guy had a propensity for pissing everybody off. It's like, yeah, everybody tried to help him. You know, yeah. Everybody down there had a pretty good heart, trying to buy help each other beer, out. There. You know, maybe buy him a. Th- it just got to the point. It's like, dude, man, buy him two tacos or something. You know what I'm saying? No, I hope he's soon. I remember that we went to uh, the river one year. Oh, when he did that, when back he jumped lift? out and the water was too low, dude. dude, he was like a rag doll falling. Yes, and I he saw. Was, he was working for Tony. Pre, this is pre YouTube. So, like, you know, the only way we saw it is whoever had the camcorder recorded it. And it was playing a dog. Dude, he ended up in the hospital. Self- yeah, he was in a hospital. Dude, listen, he worked for Tony at the time. Uh-huh. Remember Tony? Yeah. And Tony had to go up there and pick him up and then uh, get his prescription filled and pay his medical bills. And then Tony's like, I'm taking it out of your check. And he came back down there, but. Damn. Like, I, I mean, I just, that video was gruesome because, like, he, he. That I remember he was dude. He was probably like three stories in the air, two maybe two and a half stories. Yeah, he was up there, man. And he hit, he tried to do that backflip, and when he compressed on that branch, it threw him off balance, and he just like flew down like a rag doll. He did, yep. and like from what I I didn't make it to that trip, but they said he just sat there like the rest of the weekend in agony. Like just mess him up, dude. Yeah, it's thirty feet, bro. Think about it. that's dude, three floors, dude. Yeah, he, I mean water? he fell like. Back first or stomach first or something. Man, hey, they're to show you, dude, stuff that we did. Then it was like, dude. dude. Then that time we were at the reef or over there by the beltway and he jumped in the, the water and there was like a brick slab and he hit head first and he cut his head open. He had like this, he should have went and got stitches, but he was so drunk and he was just like just bleeding all over the place. Yeah. That dude was. There was a lot of people. Uh, what about Willie? I was thinking about Willie. Dude. Oh, school Willie. Willie, dude. dude was, man, listen, I would love to interview him, dude. He was he cool, was... man. I, I didn't really have anything personal against anybody down there. I was like, stay in my own world. But the one time, dude, we had an argument or something. I think it was something he used to live off of West Clay, yeah. right down the street from here. You know, Willie, back in the day, man, he, he had his shit together, dude. I remember because he had Bob Carrington and Fox. Uh, when we would be at that was his classes. own client, right? But he had he had that, and I think he had somebody else. He had a couple of his own clients, and then he worked for somebody as well. That dude, I was impressed with him. Um, he knew his shit, like cycling, like. But what, what was really really funny is he was a black dude who was hardcore into cycling. Like he followed the tour and all that. The country He's, music, yeah. And he was so country, dude. Mm-hmm. Like so country. Um, <laughs> I'll never forget the alias that stuck with him. Uh, they, Cowboy Willie. They used to call him <laughs> uh, Country Kente. <laughs> yep, that's right. I do remember that. Country Kente. 
That was awesome. That was his alias, dude. Country Kente. Somebody called him that, and then we would all call him that. Country awesome, Kente. Man. That was. <laughs> and, like, because I, I used to live down the street from him. Actually, he lived, I lived on Joanne, and he lived on West Clay. He was actually my neighbor, like, five houses down. I remember exactly where he lived over Yeah. And, um, and then I had moved, I remember, and sometimes I would, oh, when I lived over there um, at, at the airport, and sometimes I would drive into work or ride to work, and I would, he goes, hey, man, give me a ride home. I was like, fool. I was like, you live one mile away from here. Like, he wanted me to put yeah. his bike on my car and drive him home. I was like, dude. And then one day I did. He goes, you want to hang out and have a beer for a second? I was like, yeah. He always had a story, dude. I heard he's truck driving now. Like, when he dude, left the he's bike. Doing, I'll be doing good, man. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I'm going out tonight. I got this chick coming to pick me up. I was like, where are you going? He goes, I'm going two-step. And I, he goes, he goes, wait right here. I'm going to take a shower real quick and then uh, just hang out. We'll drink some beer. And I was like, all right. So I was uh, hanging out. And then that fool came out. I did not know he was like this. He was wearing, like, Wrangler tough skins, cowboy shirt, cowboy hat, cowboy boots. Yeah. I was like, damn, son. Regalia. He loved country music, Man. dude. I was like, I did not. But he was like a hardcore cyclist at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, he knew a lot about cycling in general he's a pretty smart guy man but he had a story about everything dude like that's why i want to interview him like he would he would trip me out dude Uh, i'd go over there and we'd just talk for you know for hours about just whatever just good team old school willie i I mean i haven't seen him since like 2000 so it's almost been 20 years since i've seen him about 2000 2000 Maybe probably. Two, yeah, two thousand. Because I remember. I know it wasn't after two thousand four. When my dad died, I stopped going down there. So I started just changing everything up, moving. Once I moved from over there, I moved. I moved on the. I bought a house and I lived on the other side of town for ten years. Mm-hmm. And then I had problems with the house, so I ended up flipping it, making more money than what I paid for it. And I came back over here. I, I I've always missed this area, man. Yeah. Not like I said earlier before the interview. I'm fixing to be moving to Austin. Yeah, what you got going on out there? What's what's Jack Anderson up to? So what I'm doing now is going to be uh, partners with an old friend of mine, Daniel. He's working on His nickname was Grackle. Yeah, I would like to interview him too one of these days. I heard. Uh, yeah, he's doing very well. He's uh, started up a couple of companies and sold them for several, several, several millions of dollars. We're going to be starting a new company up. It's uh, it's involving Eximers. What so, is that? It is the cutting edge of cell regenerative. Uh, it's a product that we're producing. We we have it produced for us and we sell it to hospitals and doctors. Explain they, a little bit more because I'm curious. So what they I'm do, in you the fitness industry they, now, so like I'm always trying to read what's up, and this sounds pretty. The name of the company is Biogenics, uh, and basically what it is, you uh, we sell at the hospital. You go to the hospital, and the doctor tells you you need like to. Your it ligament breaks. or something's damaged. They take this product. They use uh, saline or your plasma. They inject it into you. It's so high-tech, cutting-edge that the cell actually goes in, and it attaches to the damaged cell, but it also knows when other cells are, are weak mm-hmm. or dying, mm-hmm. and they, like, uh, osmosis into that. Yeah. So it, it just it keeps it. Yeah. It's kind of like what they're doing. The basketball players are doing in Europe right now. Where they go and they have the blood washed out. 
the, yeah, the cycle like EPO, like yeah, cyclists. Kobe used to do that, and uh, um, hopefully this is going to be something that'll be predicated on the forefront of a cancer cure. Because if it is, you know, we're we want to just start it up, uh, build it up, and sell it out for a big thing and get out. So I'm going to try to retire here in the next couple of years. So nice, but uh, yeah, you'd mentioned a little bit. And I said save it, save it for the podcast. Yeah. Cause I always like to ask everybody what are they doing these days, you know? Because we're talking when we were bike messaging 20, 25 years ago, you know, like, what's what you doing today, dog? But uh, I've had a taste of awesome life for about the last three years, on and off and on up there. I think I'm going to transition up there. Obviously, the company's going to be down there, so, uh, but uh, it's got everything Houston's got, man. The restaurants, biking, it's, it's more compressed, you know what I mean? It's, it is very compressed, and, like, I tell this everyone, like, I don't ever see the hype about Austin. Like, you know, I go there, but I'll tell you this. Every time I go there, I don't want to leave. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's very tranquil, man. Peaceful. It is. like, But I just, I don't see the hype. But when I get there, I'm like, oh, man, I can dig this place. Probably for a short period of time. I think once you get acclimated with it, you probably won't want, I mean, it probably won't have the same resonating effect on it. I mean, I've been going to Austin for, like, races and events for over 25 years, too. Like, everything I do out there involves cycling you know so yeah that's great so they're renowned for cycling up there but they've got good golf courses restaurants on six street there. uh ut but you're yeah. not a ut fan you're uh Notre Dame. you know Notre Dame. Hey, man, shout out to my irishman <laughs> shout out why dude why irishman tell, i'm gonna ask you two questions you just tell me like dude even back in the so 35 days, years ago you just, would you would come down to downtown with your irish gear on yeah. hoodies it's like why dude why you were always gun ho one day that. yeah the one day that was uh i always remember this i was gonna tell you earlier tell me save it was up. so i had some uh i still remember i was at budget sporting goods over on memorial Mm-hmm. And they had a box in there, and it had like some. How old were you? Uh, oh, this was. Uh, I was working for Roadrunner there. Oh, okay. So this is in '98. But remember when Takes had got us the uh, the collar shirts, and they had like tan, red. They had different ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I found some Notre Dame like, yeah. insignias, and I had them stitched on there. Uh huh. And I saw Tex and showed him. He's like, "What are you doing with that?" Because <laughs> he's a big UT, UT guy. guy. I, said, a- I said, "You you can't be wearing that on there." <laughs> Where are you at, 295? Like, Tex is so awesome, man. And he sound, he was sounded just like the way. Yeah, he was so, so laid back. He goes, uh, well, where are you at? He started dispatching. Like, <laughs> dude, so what got you hooked on Notre Dame, dude? Just, um, it was the history, the nostalgia. It just started following. Okay, so you're pretty bummed when the cathedral was burning down, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, that's Did just you donate more, more from money? I mean, that was the actual you know, cathedral. But yeah, that's, you know, a lot of history got wasted in that, but... Uh, Went to the Cotton Bowl last year and watched Notre Dame get beat down by Clemson. But uh, I've gone to probably about 25, 30 Notre Dame games. About four what? of them bowl games, yeah. So what? I got my stat, my thing up there from the university yeah. for uh, being loyal. Yeah? Yeah. And you never went to school there? Did you know anyone that went? No, nah, I know people that graduated from there, but it's but just always been. what is it, dude? It's because just one of those things. It's just hardcore. Like you just love that Just team. like the Cubs. I mean. Okay, I was going to bring that up next because yeah. I know you're a huge Chicago, Chicago Cubs, Cubs fan. Chicago Cubs. Like, you'd be downtown wearing Chicago Cubs. Like, bitch, you ain't here from Chicago. My, my, like, my, my, oh, dad, no, my dad, uh, Bears and Cubs. From, our, our family is uh, originally from Chicago. They actually lived right across from the stadium. Oh, they, really? they would have, back in the day. They would let people park on their line and not charge them. But nowadays, yeah. and that's all gone. But 
but yeah, it's, uh, I've been to a couple games in Chicago. I've been there a couple times. They, uh, just uh, that's my outlet, man. Okay, so I'm gonna bring this up real quick, dude. You, you, I'll put you in my my top ten sports. Like you, you know more about sports than anything in this world, dude. You I are know. you're like a sports almanac, dude. I am. I mean, you can saw. It's like who won the okay? Who won the the Heisman Trophy in 1988? Barry Sanders. And, and I'm gonna say. <laughs> Very Sanders, Oklahoma State. All right. Who won the Heisman in 84? 84 is Doug Flutie from Boston College. Yep. 1991. I, how about this? I'll just – you pick a year and I'll go forward. And I'll run my – everybody listening, they can back it up and verify it. So <laughs> I'll go from – listen, I'll go from 84, okay? 84 was Doug Flutie from Boston College. 85 was uh, Bo Jackson from Auburn. 86, Vinny Testaverde from Miami. 87, Tim Brown from Notre Dame. 88, Barry Sanders, running back. 89, Andre Ware from Houston, quarterback. 90 is Ty Detmer, quarterback from BYU. 91 is going to be Gino Toretta, quarterback from Miami. 92, Desmond Howard, quarterback, for, uh, runner, wide receiver from Michigan. 93, Charlie Ward, quarterback, Florida State. 94. I started getting fuzzy right here. Here's my party right, day. Right, 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 so right, anyway, right, you right. get the message, man. I get the message. 95, Eddie George from uh, I, and, and, back. And this is college. I mean, we can put, yeah. we can talk NBL, NBA. Yeah. Like, you know all that class. shit, too. Bo- boxing is my four day. I'm, I am a legitimate boxing historian, man. I mean, you like, know. fights. Fenway Park, you can tell, talk all about that all I talk day. about all, uh, all the big fights, who won the title from who, the, the dates, the years. I just, I've always had a good memory, man. I just, I acclimated with sports, you know? Yeah, you it's have like to, always is something that, like a story actually, to go with that. Uh, uh, I have like three close homies that can do exactly what you just did. Yeah. Like I'd hang out with them and then these fools would just be sh- throwing spit and knowledge. I was like, how yeah. do y'all know? He's like, Man, I grew up, you know, Sports Illustrated. Yeah. I was just fucking reading Sports Illustrated. It's one of those things, like, you go to school. It, honestly, it's yeah, like going to school. You're, school. It, it, you're, you're yeah. educating yourself. And yeah. I've got, I've got, and there, man, I've got about 300 old magazines. That's what I do now. My thing, my hobby. So you collect? That's magazine, old boxing magazines. Uh-huh. I'm boxing. Boxing. Yeah. But a while back, I got man, you know you're boxing, too, dude. I know, I'm boxing, man. Like, you man, know, uh, boxing, you dude. can name, I've, I've been watching a lot of Mike Tyson stuff lately, but, uh, I totally forgot, like, some of those people he had fought, and, you know, he yeah. beat the shit out of a bunch of people. Yeah, it was a good era, man. That was, honestly, those are the last good era in boxing, dude. It's it like, was. It was. Just every, everything after that just went to pay-per-view, and it's like, all hype, like, you know, make people wait. That's what I like about MMA better now. You don't wait. The best fighters fight, and usually it's not a bad decision when somebody gets knocked the fuck out, or they get <laughs> choked out, dude. It's real quick and easy, yeah. dude. I mean... Yeah, boxing, boxing, you know, really suffering. They're languishing the last decade or so. But yeah, I boxed for about ten years, and which has always been my true passion. You know, it's like you guys with the biking and stuff. Yeah, you just get into it and you really get into it. You got into it, and then you got into it with me at the Fight Club. I just jacked yeah. your ass up. Wow, wow, wow! We were just like, man, I was just busting your. We were, we were each other. Let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> We started it out actually because nobody was going to do it. 
And yeah. we're like, come on, we'll like, do come it. On. Well, yeah, it was, it was like, my place. I was like, it's my place. I'll start off the first fight. And yep. then everybody got hype after, yep. you know. Yeah, like, a little bit more, a little bit more partying in him. You know, I fought Dusty. He he knocked me with one punt, but I jumped right back up. He hit. I knocked you down with one punt, and you got. I don't know number. about that, dude. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, you got a hometown decision. Now you're. Dust, no, I did not. <laughs> Dustin clocked me one good time, and I, I like he hit, I hit the ground, but I just jumped back up. But we were the only, me and him were the only two guys that went all three rounds and went all the way. Yeah. Uh, everyone else quit after the first or second. What about out of shape, dude? Yo, Rob, man, that's not, you think riding a bike? But hey, some of those uh, those MMA fighters. No, some of the, uh, the but thinking about this though, to throw perspective on it, like the people that you thought partied the most and couldn't ride a bike and stuff, like. The, uh, on the what were the races we had? Just the alley cats. The yeah. Soul, yeah, but remember the one time that Pat McGowan smoked everybody's ass. Remember yeah. that? Everybody's like, "This guy's not gonna be able to keep up, dude." He toasted everybody, dude. Yeah, yeah. There was one we did one time, dude. Remember? I got frustrated. I, I left out of the first stop, dude. I wanted to go home and park. It was me. <laughs> yeah, it, it was dude. me and Freebase and Jason, dude. But we, <laughs> yeah, hey, look at that, we, dude. Listen, we Freebase and Jason. The first stop, dude, was all the way over there by that field off of. Uh, we had to go pick a card up. Y'all left cards out. We had to show that we went there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Hey, you used to talk shit about Alley Cats too. He's like, I'm gonna come in here and I'm gonna beat all y'all, dude. You I did one ride and I was talking. Like, I was like, I don't even party. I'm like, fuck this shit. I'm going. Home. I'm going back home and start partying again, dude. That's uh. That was one more, man. Dude, just, you did a couple Alley Cats. Yeah. I remember. Dude, I went. It was like you know, just to hang out and do stuff. I was like, I think it totally wrapped up and it, it, it was fun, dude. I mean. Yeah. Some of the events you guys put on were like they they were big, dude. Yeah. Think about that, man. All those people from Europe were coming over here. Oh uh, yeah. For the winter solstice and stuff. Uh, that was a big thing back yeah. then, dude. It was, man. Yeah. So. Well, I'm thinking about maybe uh, doing the world championships here in Houston. Yeah. Uh, in 2000 or 2020, 2022. I have to go to Colombia next year because oh, it's really? in Colombia. Really. You still know a lot of people out there? Still talk to them? Much of uh, It's a whole new generation yeah. of people, dude. It's all these, I mean. Like I said, dude, we were going out, out, out the door. That Like, everything was, like, we were, like, leaving. You guys were leaving, like, a cement the legacy for other people to follow, man. They're so new. But I know, man. You don't realize when you're in that line of work that how many worldwide people take that serious, dude. Oh, dude. That's it's like it's you international. Happen, it's like, it yeah. Actually, it just happened. The World Championship was in uh, two weeks ago. It was in – or last weekend. It was in Jakarta, Indonesia. Oh, really? I was going to go, but uh, I did some other so stuff. So you got your uh, tickets online? You I, bought, I bought my ticket to the uh, go, Olympics, man. dude. So, good, dude. Yeah, I'm stoked, man. Um, what part of Japan is it supposed to be in? Uh, Tokyo. Tokyo. So, That'd yeah. be the second time they had it, dude. Okay. Really? I didn't know They that. had it in 1960 over there, dude. Damn, really? Muhammad Ali was a gold medalist. What? That division, yeah. Really? Yep. This is what's amazing about uh, a lot of people that don't follow boxing. But, so, 1956, you had Floyd Patterson that won it in uh, Melbourne. And uh, in 1960, you had Muhammad Ali. And in 64, Joe Frazier. And in 68 was uh, George Foreman. Uh-huh. And all those guys, their careers ended up superseding. They all fought each other. Oh, yeah. So, there was uh, – there for a while, man. There was a lot, of, uh, but but they weren't heavyweights. Most of them weren't heavyweights back then. That they, they 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 were still young and filling out. So, but uh, yeah, that's right. That whole era. 
of uh, that was a, considered a heavyweight. That's considered a, the golden era in, in boxing. You, know, yeah. you had all those people: Frazier, Ali, uh, Michael Spinks, or Leon Spinks later on. But it's a lot of great fights made in that era. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I've been I, actually. You know, that's funny you say that. I've been watching old boxing highlights lately. They're never like they were, dude. The fights now, they're just. I don't know. I don't know if it's part of getting old and realizing nothing uh, like it used to be, or just it was all about the heavyweight, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, who well, you had Tyson back then, so that was a uh, money making revenue machine. So everybody wanted to Don see Don King him. fucked him, huh? Oh man, who didn't he screw? Dude, not, I'm surprised nobody killed that guy. I'm gonna be honest with you, dude. Yeah, boxers are crazy anyway. That which reminds me, that's funny. I'll tell you a, a tidbit. So uh, when I first went to work for Texas, uh, helping him out in the warehouse. Was uh, you know, you had a dispatcher, and so you had a bike dispatcher, and you had a driver yeah. dispatcher. So Mike, and but Mike, and you had Pat, Pat, and then uh, Pat Randall. But I remember Pat Randall; he was cool. Mike Collins. They, they, they all know me, and uh, so Tex, I did something, and Tex got upset. You know, I mean, he didn't. He, I mean, he just lost it for a second. You know, he's like, "Why would you move that over there?" And he's tore that you just painted, and I'm like. I didn't know. I didn't. Uh, he's like, I had a dolly over there. He's like, neck think next time. So, to me, I didn't consider it an astronaut. But I guess he went in and he told Pat and him. And uh, Pat and him were like, that guy's crazy, dude. That that guy's an ex-boxer and a street fighter. And then Tex came out there and he said, uh, I heard that you said. I was like, yeah. And he goes, well, didn't you get mad? And about? I said, why would I want to hit you? I'm like, you're helping me. I mean, and he just laughed about it. He was like, that this guy thought that I would lose it. That guy was like, damn, dude. What? I had a bad term, but not that bad. <laughs> but yeah, he told him, he goes, that guy's crazy, dude. He won't listen to you talking to any shit. <laughs> dude, I thought every, what was it, every Christmas or Thanksgiving, he'd bring us. Turkey. Right? Turkey. Big ones, dude. See, you don't, you don't have that anymore. Now, I would, now my buddy DJ, I'm going to tell you right now. He like, the kind of guy he is, gives up. the last year he had his business, you give everybody. Five percent of what they were making that year for that's what your Christmas bonus was. So nice, but but just like Tex said, the model when you have somebody doing that for you, you'll run through a brick wall for them, dude. Yeah, you know what I mean, I dude, I did the the best I could working for him. Of course, I had little hiccups, you know, everybody on the radio. Did, everybody did, everybody did, but you know, I I, I believe I did ninety eight percent. The thing with Tex was for the ten years he's I wanted to do your job but he wanted you to show up every day man I did so, yeah, I showed that, up every day he did you were good in his book I showed up every day that, I did man, not. that man was always trying to help people like needed money you remember uh, he get what do you need 1500 and you can pay it out over the month we'll yeah, take it out I was yeah. like dude you don't see that anymore dude no one yeah just you know and everyone always wanted to work for Roadrunner too uh, t- well Roadrunner is when you knew you had it made dude nah. remember Matt made it over for like two week trial period and they let him go remember they were like nope <laughs> Um, what about Shane, man? You, you ever hear from him? Anymore? Yeah, we're friends on Facebook. He he's a uh, he's a he's in the botany, dude. He's he's oh, really? growing. Yeah, you know, there's a lot he of people bringing that up, though, man. Listen, there was a lot of people down there that you know. I think there was like a reputation for city people mm-hmm. down there. That, you know, a bunch of sweaty idiots don't know how to do anything else. But if you go dude, back, and some look of now, those bike messages were listen, brilliant, lumpy, uh, uh, engineering, uh, trash. Uh, ended up getting his uh. Uh, uh, chef surf- yeah. certification. Uh, Pat McGowan. Last I heard that he was supposed to be a, like a, a car genius. Yeah, like, well, he's, he's like a BMW Mercedes mechanic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you know that's pretty good. You think about all these people put 
everything on hold to fulfill what made him happy. And then later on, like Ashley, now she's a lawyer, dude. I mean, well, she was a lawyer, dude. She even went to Nicaragua, learned to speak Spanish, and became a Spanish speaking attorney in Nicaragua. See, there's some smart people that were down there. And she quit that shit. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, she's got a surf shop. Yeah. And, uh, she, it's called Chica Brava. Yeah. Shout out. Uh, actually, I was about to, I was going to send my daughter out there when she was like 17, 18. But uh, she ended up getting pregnant. But, so, <laughs> she was unable to go. But I when she, actually, I was like, dude, I messaged her. I was like, dude, when my daughter gets you a little surf? older, I want to send her out there so she can surf with you. She was always cool, man. She, she I was, really like Ashley. Dude. She was smart girl. I don't know. She was a bad, bad, bad girl. She wasn't like everybody goes to that She was a bad girl. Like I said, she was going out with Marty. Oh, God. And I always remember that. She worked with us, man. Actually, you know what? She worked with Yeah, she worked with Roadrunner for about three or four years. But but no, before that, she, come she to worked work with us over at uh, WW. Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, that's when she would always remember she had uh, – Crashly, that was her nickname. They uh, call her Crashly, remember? Uh-huh. She had all those bruises on her legs and stuff. Be hanging out there making out with well, Marty. She was... Remember that? She <laughs> was, was going to a Foley's Academy, and uh, when she got off of work, she was a... Bi- Dude, she came from a huge family. I think she had, like, eight brothers and really? sisters or something like that. Yeah, so she was working after that. And then she was in, like, a, several bands, like... She was like the lead singer for a couple of bands, I remember. And they, you know, they did gigs around here. But yeah, she was she's multi-talented. Yeah. I'll say that. And right now she's, she's I haven't spoken out. to her in years, but I mean, since she opened Chica Bravo, that was shit. Maybe like she's probably like on 10 years now with that. I, uh, I became friends with her. It was about 3 maybe 4 years ago. Yeah, cuz I had I have a Mercedes in before I bought my car. I got now they uh I remember I was out uh, at, over there off 249 at that mall. I went to go eat over there, and I was talking to her. Well, I asked her if she came back here very often. I don't think she does. She doesn't. All her family still lives here. Um, she had a couple kids. She married somebody out there, a local, and they live on the beach. Like, actually, I need to go out I just there. got back from the Bahamas, bro. I'm going to be honest with you, man. That That is a very... Hey, the Bahamas just got hit, I know. Man. And I, and the the place that got hit was... Uh, uh, it was... I'm trying to pull this picture up and show you. They, uh, dude, that lifestyle, so... I've been to the Bahamas before. Uh, you know them, man. It's just... Uh, dude, I'll tell you a true story over there. So, I'm over there playing like Gilligan, laying in a hammock, just drinking a cold drink. Dude, a... Uh, Coconut flames right by, by me, dude, in the hammock. I'm like, what the hell? And the guy's laughing. He looked and he goes, uh, "Hey, man, those uh, two people a year end up dying from coconuts falling on people's house." Oh yeah, dude. I was all parent. I started looking up, but yeah, it was a look at that dark. I got dark over there, man. You went on yeah. a fishing trip. Yeah, we went fishing. Went uh, snorkeling. Who? Uh, me and uh, some of the people that were with us. Let me see. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me see here. Uh, Daniel out there? No, nah, he didn't go. Uh, let's see. That was the first day, dude. I got fried over there, man. It's like, let me see. It's so beautiful over there. Cubs. There we yeah. go. You know it, man. Oh, man. Let's see. Going after snorkeling. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's just, man. So, yeah, but I feel bad when people down there. It rained most of the time we were down there. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I've been there. I went there on a day trip one day. But, uh. I was going to tell you, there was a couple other things that 
popped up on my mind I was going to tell you about was uh, uh, what was the other dude uh, Puppet remember the Puppet little Puppet oh uh, yeah and his dad uh, yeah he, he went in the Navy yeah Puppet went in the Navy what happened with that I mean cause uh, he got man, out well, he got cool. discharged yeah well he went in I'll say he went in around about 97 about 98, 99 cause there was a little girl down there that worked for she was a tiny girl she's a hood rat man I can't remember what her name was, but he was in love with her. Huh? Yeah, and she was over at my apartment that night, and, and he worked for Tony or something. But anyway, he'd be in a top locker, dude. I'm sitting there trying to get my moves on, and, and she was, dude. <laughs> she's, 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 and he, dude, he kept making it obvious, like just top blocking. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, you need to leave, man. He's out there crying and shit. And and I took, I'm like, what's going on, dude? I said, I'm trying to get some pussy here, dude. <laughs> you know. See, you're, totally you're over, no, you're over here, you know, acting like a, a, a get out of here, dude. It's yeah. Like, actually, I, I think I remember that he was he, had, actually he, had fallen in love with that girl or something like that. that. Uh, what was her name? I, for, I don't man. I remember that girl. She went downtown very long, right? No, nah, she was just. Uh, she ended up getting pregnant from that guy. Uh, what's that guy's name? Leroy. That guy Leroy. He worked. He was a. What was the, the company over there? Where. Uh, Super Dave worked at for a long time. By my, on McKinney. What up, was it Package Express? Lawyers following? I don't remember. It was one of those. Anyway, that girl, that girl, man, I'm 5'5", five, five, bro. That girl was probably about 4'5". Four, four, I was a foot taller than her. She was <laughs> tiny, bro. But I don't remember her. Uh, yeah, she was only down there for maybe seven, eight months. Yeah. She got pregnant, and we never saw her again. But uh, then there was another guy, Neff. Not Neff. Uh, what was the other dude's name? Uh you remember that girl? She was a uh, she was a messenger groupie. Her name was a uh, what was that girl's name, man? Who she hanging? She out only with? dated that one dude. It was a Mexican guy. I, I want to say Jessica was uh, the best uh, bug girlfriend. Uh, anyway, she'd come over and hang out with Neff and a couple other people. Talked to uh, she was with this guy and he'd always screw around on her. But then she was like open game to everybody. I can't remember her <laughs> name. Though. Dude, I just can't remember her name now. I, um, I want to say Veronica. Was it Veronica? No, nah, I don't remember. I think the guy worked for Lawyers Filing. He's a Mexican guy. She was always in love with him. But then she would like he dicked her over. And I think she started going and hanging out at parties, started messing around with other people. But dude, so many people came and went through downtown. Like, oh, I know. I mean, I made a list of you know. Over 150 guys that I like, I still have their phone numbers in my phone, and that was just the guys I kept in contact. That doesn't even include like the guys who were just down there for a year or like six months. I mean, usually your first paycheck it, it, it either made you or, or break you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You saw that first paycheck, you're like, "What the hell? I'm out." Yeah. Or the weather, it's too hot. I'm out. Or those sometimes Raining. the winters yeah. got bad here too. Um, remember like ice getting free and it was just like falling off the buildings like, yeah because then they would shut part of downtown out. they wouldn't let you yeah. come down there and uh, I'll tell you one thing I'll never forget I know we all have these memories but it was uh, 9-11's coming up speaking of which you know it's fixing to be yeah. an unfortunate memory uh, 18 years ago already but I remember being down there you know everybody hung around at the tower and it happened you know it was what 9 o'clock New York yeah. time so it was like 8 
And yeah. we just got down. Everybody's hanging by the tower. Yeah. And everybody's like, did you hear what just happened? And I remember, dude, it was mass pandemonium. Remember that, dude? Oh, dude. Because they started shutting everything down. They were like, dude, another plane hit. And then the, the Pentagon. And they were like, everything went in a shutdown mode. It's like, yeah. dude, there was a mass exodus to get out of downtown. Yeah, yeah. Because everybody started panicking. Because they were thinking Houston was yeah. the next big spot. And, dude, it was just, I remember that day. It was like, I remember it was on a Monday. I remember being out. I saw John Rittman. Mm-hmm. And it started happening. And then we were like, people were getting reports of it, like, on the news, wherever the news was, and people were running out of the building, yeah, like embellishing and like, hey, blah 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 blah. Dude, I just remember everything. And yeah. Tex came on the radio and just told us. He said, "Hey, we're only gonna need to keep a couple people down here. I think you know, like, if you want to stay, if not, you know, go home." But that was I remember that whole week, man. It was like nobody made money like that. Nobody was working, man. Yeah, because uh, I remember I. I was living at the airport back then, yeah, 2001, and, I, you know, it it was happening, and I called in, and I said, oh, you know what? I spent the night at somebody's house, because I didn't want to drive home, and it, it was on the TV, and I remember calling text. I was like, I don't think I'm coming in, because of what's going on right now, and it goes... He goes, if you don't come into work, he goes, you're not going to have a job. I was like, damn, you want me to come in? Is he just just messing with Yeah. Well, I came downtown. That's when I saw y'all. We were all at the tower. And then everyone, like you said, mass exodus. Just Everyone's just fleeing out of downtown. So we, me, Dustin, you remember Marconi? Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple other guys, Thomas, T-Bone. They all lived in those apartments right over here. On uh, West Alabama. Yep. Remember? Yep. And uh, we all went to Specs right here. We all bought a bottle, and Marconi brought out his TV, and we just watched. Like, and we all in front of the pool. Right, there was tragedy. a pool. Yeah, and we just sat there and in, in the pool drinking, and like you know everything's happening. And yeah, like there was nothing to do in downtown for like a week, a week and a half. Um. So this is, I think this is the following year, but you remember that? That's, I think we were over there. That's right, September 11th. You remember, I used to like gamble a lot. And, uh, that's why you know your sports, huh? But no, I'm, shit, I lost on this one. But you remember, we were, we were, <laughs> hey, my, Chris Watson had a, a Super Bowl party. He was still down there on Maine. On yeah, D- Dumpster Bay yeah, had that yeah. property, remember? Yeah, yeah. So we went over there, and I remember, I bet the Rams were, the Rams were like a 17-point favorite over New England the first time. Uh-huh. I remember I bet $500 on that game. Uh-huh. And... I was losing. I was all upset. I was getting messed up. And I was like, I remember I ordered Mexican food for everybody? Uh-huh. Dude, that shit ran me like 500 but I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't care. I want Mexican food. I'm just, I ordered it for everybody over there. So, you know, I, I, I lost my ass that day. I was like, oh, well. But some good times, though, dude. It was. And hey, we're, we're just on the cusp of, like, I mean, dude, we're at an hour and 14 minutes. Yeah. And, like, I feel like there are just so oh, yeah, many dude. more stories to tell, like, but, about those times. And people. Yeah, and it's just like you said, there's somebody Luigi, you need. how did he do it? How, how, how did he oh, do Luigi, it? Oh, Luigi, his favorite thing? Yeah, how would he do it? Come he on. Come out, no. Hey, come hey, up, there's a couple hey, of them. Hey, hey, tell me again, dude. Come <laughs> on. Tell me one more time. Hey. Yeah, that hey, was my hey. butt. <laughs> so, Luigi always come out. For everybody that knows him, you already know this, but those that don't. So, Luigi, the small the Italian dude. That was actually pretty smart, man. But He's he, very smart. He had a story for everybody. Everything. You wouldn't have to listen. 
the best one, I'm going to get back to this too, is when Daniel Onion yeah. looked at top 10 list, Luigi's top 10 list. Yeah. But I'll, I'll, I'll elaborate on that in a minute. But, so Luigi would come out, and he had one bad eye, man. Yeah. But he would be looking at you, and he would have a cigarette. The way you knew it was his cigarette, he smoked Camel unfiltered. Yeah. And, and he, he would roll them, too. He would roll them at yeah. the end. Yeah. And he'd be sitting there looking at you and going, let me tell you something there, pal. <laughs> Smoking a cigarette. But uh, he told me, oh, what, Roadrunner, we used to have a, a customer that was delivering cakes and stuff. You remember that? For a while, yeah. we were delivering and stuff. Yeah. And I he, dropped one once. It would make him so mad that I watched him do this. He went and got it. He took the cake and he turned it upside down before yeah. he even got on the, the on the bike. Got on the bike, drove down there and delivered it. And he goes, I said, what happened? He goes, I'm doing my best to lose that account for us, man. I think I, think I might have done it. He hated that, dude. I remember, I forget who it was. It was a sweet shop. We'd have to go there and do that. But uh, yeah, I delivered one and I dropped it one day, and it it was in a nice box. But I know <laughs> they didn't say nothing, dude. Oops. Like all oh, the oops, dude. That was so much fun. Or just these. I mean, the years go by fast. But I guess when you slow down and you do what we're doing right now, uh, remember nostalgia. It's, keep going for hours and hours, you know. Oh yeah, dude. But uh. It's the truth. That onion, the uh, when he wrote that top ten story, that was another guy that was pretty smart. He knew what he wanted. And he got he, he got his stuff and got out. Yeah, but um, he was like Brian Miami. He was up. Yeah, but he wrote that top ten list. Yeah, and the number one was uh, I remember some of them on there. It was what are they? I, I don't remember. Some of them, I remember the the number one thing was uh, that the big wheels was on fire, and they threw him. Somebody, oh. He made a Molokai cocktail out of a big wheel and threw it at a car. That was one of them. The other one was his dad performed surgery. Oh, yeah. At home. Yes, I do remember that, dude. Yeah. This is a ghost for those who fall. Did, yeah, so there was a list on there, dude. It was, uh, what was, um, the dude, open so surgery. Yeah, I remember the open surgery one. He, he was uh, his dad was a doctor. His and dad he, was a doctor. He said, you know, his, his yeah. His brother did something. They were he was performing surgery, but and he was like an old punk rocker dude. Remember, like that's what he was like yeah. when he was a teenager, like anarchist punk rock, punk rock. He told dude. me this other story. Oh, I know the other story. I was under that. He told the story that he was surfing down in Surfside, and that he had no shoes on, and they pulled his car over. They thought he had uh, dope in it. They started tearing his car apart on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And he's standing there like his feet were burning. And they're like, stop moving. Sit down, dude. <laughs> and then they tried to get the hell out of Surfside. Put, we're not putting your shit back together for you. Get your shit and get out of here, dude. <laughs> Omar. Uh, dude, he had a ton of stories, dude. And you know, all right, this is my story about Luigi. Like, he was Mr. Anti-Social. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. He didn't talk to nobody. And when I started Humidity in 98, not, yeah, it was the end of 98. And I, would, you know, I did it every month for three years. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would give him a copy. That's how I got to know him, because I would give him a copy. He's, what's this shit? You know, <laughs> you know, his attitude. I was like, just check it out. And, you know, it was always like smut or some, some type of bullshit. And then I don't know what happened. Like, he just, he would read this stuff and talk to other people about it. The next thing you know, he's talking to everybody, dude. Because he was at the tower all the time. That was his spot. He was at the tower. 
And he would start telling those damn stories, the same stories, smoking a cigarette, drawing concepts. Remember he had that barbecue Whoa. pit thing Whoa. going on? He's like, I'm I get him in trouble with uh, genius. Yeah, he did the same thing, remember? Who? Remember that, the guy that worked for us at Roadrunner? Him and uh, Sasquatch were buddies. Eric, no, not what, uh, what was the guy's name? Video game. He's always designing video games. He was a big Lumpy. dude. No. What was the guy's name? He was always under the tower. They call him Genius. Yeah, Genius, because he was always working on, like, it was him and Sasquatch and some other ones. When I got hired on Roadrunner, I was the youngest guy on there. No, it was Eric. It wasn't Eric Louderman. Eric, no, Eric Jimenez was working there, but he never really hung out with us. He, you know, he did his own thing. Well, there was Lumpy, Sasquatch. Chris. Chris Farrell. And there was another Chris. That was his name. It was the other Chris. The other Chris. They genius. He was a big dude. He'd always sit he down there. He was big. He was like a big, a guy. big, big guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, big yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. I remember And him. he was always doing video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was an older guy, though. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, he, was, was yeah. he was like at least in his late 30s. And I was like in my early 20s. But he was a big dude. Like, kind yeah, of, he, like big bone. Like, you know. Yeah. He um, I'm trying to think. Him and Squatch were big. Oh, and do you remember... Uh, Damn, we were me and Squirrel were talking about this guy. Um, he was a real preppy guy. Uh, he wore glasses. He worked for Roadrunner. He always had a badass road bike. Damn, I forgot his name. Oh, uh, Aaron. Was it Aaron? Aaron worked for Roadrunner too. Yeah, Aaron. No, uh, Aaron worked for no. This guy, he wore glasses. Is a biker. Yeah, he at, like I'd see him at Lola's. He'd be all prepped out, you know, with a buttoned-up shirt, wearing like. Sperry top siders and tight pants and he'd be all I don't know it was just kind of funny like to see him at Lola's because Lola's was like you know just he'd show up all prepped out wasted up at Lola's I don't remember that guy man yeah you do remember he were he he was an asshole though too at the same time I'm Uh, trying to think of the rundown real quick so when I was there I was there okay so basically started I started with him and driving in 98 but I went over the biker side about a year later. So when yeah. I was I there, remember when you were working in the warehouse, and then I remember when you came on the bike. Yeah, it was because at that time, and she'll tell you, it was you, Sam, we John, with us too. Remember Sam, uh-huh. uh, Marty, Marty, uh, and then the ones that came after. Shelly was still with us. Yeah, Shelly was. Shelly was with us. Uh, it was uh, Chris Barrow, um, Eric. And he would hang out over in the Allen Center. That's where he would hang out. Um, Then you had that guy, Chris. You had Sasquatch, myself. There was like 10 or 12 of us on the bike. There was a bunch of us, dude. uh, For Roadrunner. And Houston Delivery had like 15 guys. Yeah, and then when they merged up, when Gary and uh, partnered up, David. Uh, But, uh, yeah, for the most part, the Roadrunner people. And then you had people like Marlon that came along. Uh, yeah, Marlon, Marlin, and then yeah. you. Uh, there was another couple of them. Well, Marlon, yeah, he and came part time, but he was working for a while. And I don't think Trash was working. Trash had already gotten out. He didn't work for Roadrunner, right? No, nah, he never did. Uh, and you had Matt did it for a couple weeks. Sam Squirrel came on. Squirrel John Rittman came on. Yeah, that was that was like the second phase. Like that, yeah. that's where the core people that were down there to the end were. Yeah. When uh, when did you leave Roadrunner? Or what what happened with them? They got sold by Data to. 
data rush. But, but who? But who owns Jack that? Sold them. Oh, damn! I forgot that guy. Because I saw somebody the other day, and he had a uh, no. It wasn't a roadrun. It was a data rush. This guy was doing a, a food delivery. I, I want to say it was uh, Hot Shot. And that guy there, dude. That's another guy, dude. My dad. That's a, my dad started working there uh, in the early eighties. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Wolf, Wolf was a biker man. Yeah. When uh, we started in 91. I think Wolf started like in 86 or something. I think. Yeah, he, he was, was a teenager. A, he was like 16, 17. See, listen, my first, when I first started down here, I left it out. I go, don't laugh. We're right across the street. Right here at the uh, institution building yeah. on Pierce. Yeah. That building, that was the first building I worked out of. It was a... Uh, it was an R&W. We wore white jumpsuits. Yeah. I oh, still dude. remember that. Listen, that was in 86. <laughs> that was in 86, dude. What? And I, I was going to school half a day and working half a day. So I would go home. I'd catch the bus with that suit on, come down here, and we and dude, we were walking. And we walked in. Nobody was driving. Me and Carl talked about it. Did you hear Carl's uh-uh. uh, podcast? Yeah, we talked exactly about that, like the jumpsuit. Yeah, we had white jumpsuits because I remember my dad was working there. Dude, hotter than sin outside, walking I around with some jumpsuits. I, I, I worked there. You just got out of the county or something. Yeah, that's basically what it was. <laughs> I remember. They had an American fire patch on yes. the side. And then my dad had, uh, he got the uh, the stars and bars yeah. on here. Yeah. He made him put that on there. But, yeah, we wear those. I remember I had some black Nikes. <laughs> that's when uh, that's when uh, Run DMC was real popular. Uh-huh. I'd have my uh, back when everybody had uh, the uh, what do they call them back then? Walk the Walkmans. Uh huh. But uh, I come down. Walk, have the, I was probably making like for four hours, like maybe forty dollars in deliveries. But I mean, when you're sixteen, that's a, you know that's a lot of money, dude. Yeah, but, dude. Uh, so this is in the eighty, like eighty six, eighty six. Because I remember Andrew was a biker. He was one of the first guys I saw on a bike, and he worked for um, Hot Shot. Yeah, he was working. And I remember there, because his hair was always quaffed, and he was like, uh, it was. Uh, what did yeah. you say? His hair was always what? No, it's just quaffed. It was oh, like yeah. perfect, you oh, know? Yeah. That was amazing. You didn't touch the wolf's hair, yeah. man. Yeah, he had one of the brushes you stick on your finger. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> he's that Wolf was a good guy, man. Shout out to Wolf. Yeah, man. I he's, need uh, to get him on here, too. Good, uh, but my dad, man. Him and my dad were, you know? Yeah. He respected my dad. My dad respected him a lot, so. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's a trip, dude. Hey, you're taking it back. A Super Day was down there back. Super in the Day was back there then. I remember Super Day. We uh, when that, I first. Do you ever remember meeting the girl named Rebecca Lamchop? She worked in downtown. She actually traveled around the U.S. being a bike messenger. She wrote a couple. She wrote a book yeah. about. I remember messengers. Rebecca. She was British. No, no. What was the girl's name that was British? Oh, she she worked a little really at Bob and Carrie and Fox in the early nineties. Actually, Beth, Beth. I think so. Because, that was her name. Uh, she Marlon was knew her. Marlon yeah. knew her because Marlon was down there. Marlon, I want to interview Marlon because he said he went to straight from Costa Rica to uh, New York, and he said he got off the plane. He became a bike messenger. He said all he had was a Spanish to English dictionary, uh-huh. and he would be like, "Where is <laughs> like wow." You know, it's funny. Like I, I, I love that story. Like he's told me a couple times. Dude, it's a like I said, you man. You, uh, first of all, I want to give you kudos on on this whole thing you're doing. It's it's very entertaining. And just for the people that aren't in the interview, just listening to it. I know. Oh yeah. It brings. Dude, I lay there at night, man, before I go to bed, and it's just relaxing. Like yeah, listening to these stories from. Oh, they're hilarious. Because I'm sure like this with us that people are like jar their memory. Oh yeah. Just like the other day with John, it's like dude, just. John people Bob. retain what they want to remember mostly, you know. So you know, uh, Kim Ritman actually messaged me uh, 
after she heard John, she heard John's podcast uh-huh. and, and she messaged me and she's like, oh, I think I need, I could clarify some of the things John said on the podcast. And I was like, <laughs> John's another unfiltered. He's yeah, so dude. I, I, I totally just like messaged back in like a laughing face. Cause I was like, damn, you probably can, you know, clarify some of that stuff. Cause she was married to John, you know, they're still married, right? No, they got, they're divorced. Really? Yeah. Wow. John just had another baby with the girl. Yeah. Named I, mean, I didn't keep yeah. it up, man. Honestly, bro, I, 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 I got to text you, you and Dwayne, and occasionally, like, Wolf, I'll hit a message. But, you know, everybody's got their own life. Yeah. That was the other thing down there that most of the people weren't married back then or had kids. Yeah. So that was, like, one of the transition. Like, once everybody started having kids, like, the big light went on. Like, I can't do this forever. Yeah. What am I going to do about health care? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. Actually, Kevin all hit me up, like, after he heard uh, somebody's, the John Ritman's podcast. And he was like, hey, man. Uh, because me, Chris Wathen, Eric Jimenez, John Ripman, uh, Pat McGowan, all of our girls got pregnant at the same time, or our wives. Oh, that's right. I remember that. So all of these kids now, we're all like 14, they're like 14, 15 years old right now. Uh-huh. Leo, Leo Viegas, like, and those kids grew up with us, like, going to races or alley cats or barbecues where all the messengers were. Yeah. And I'm sure they had, like, funny... They felt funny around some of those guys because they acted all drunk and wild and crazy. Like, I, like Kavanaugh goes, you should get all the girls that were born from the bike messenger. Because, like I said, they're like 15 yeah. years old now. Like, you should interview all those kids and see what they remember about us. Their memory is a lot better than ours. <laughs> I was, um, I was like, dude, that's brilliant. I was like, I, I think I'm going to try that. Maybe a little bit down the road, I'm going to get all those girls, uh, those girls, whoever I can get, you know, maybe like four or five of them. And like interviewing, I was like, "What do you remember about your dad being a bike messenger?" Because we were all bike messengers back then. What know, about, or on the cusp of what about Brand? What about talk a lot? You, you He's still heard? down here. Really? Yeah, uh, I run into him every you now and then. I talk to him. No, no, I run into him every now and then. I just talked to him maybe last month, but I, I want to interview him because that dude, you know, talk a lot. He's got a lot to say. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, dude, that's just like if you think about all the stuff that's happened since then, like like. I mean, the technology and just, oh, yeah. like, where people Changed are going, like, you know, like, you see some people down there, like, that guy's not going to mount the shit, you know, and then they end up getting their lives turned around. Like I said, dude, that's basically just, like, to, for me, that was, like, a lifestyle to figure out what I want to do, you know. And unfortunately, you know, you start getting into partying and lose focus and stuff, but I'm just grateful I, I had a world with all to get all my yeah, shit together you know, and you know, do all right for myself, you know. Well, I tell people it's just lessons learned. You learn from them. Some people don't. They're still trying to learn. Yeah. You know? Sometimes you just got to give in. As hard as it is to change. That's the number one thing they say about humans is change. Nobody wants to do it. They settle for whatever. But you got to have some light with you, man. You know, you find something you like doing and you're good at it. Make money. That doesn't really define you, your biker legacy. But it like when you bring up like this, it's a floodgate of memories that come back, man. Just you sit there and talk about this all day, man. Go eat lunch and. Oh, dude. Actually, like I said, we're just on the cusp. Everyone I've interviewed for, like, the amount of time we're about to hit 130, like, uh, we just barely scratched the surface of, like, what went on. Yeah, you can make these. It's a a lot of it is, like, like when you leave and when when this is done, I'll start thinking of more stuff. Uh, I was like, like you said, scratching the surface, man. 
Well, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up for now. I'll bring you back again. Uh, next time I'm going to be doing video, so we'll, we'll get live. But uh, I always ask people, like, two questions. Um, damn, you actually took it back to the 80s, fool. Like, you were yeah. bringing up R&W, A&W, WW, like, all those yeah. <laughs> those companies. Them, huh? yeah. yeah, like, those companies, they they were on the cusp of exiting when I got to downtown. Another one, another one I thought, Bandit. Remember Bandit? Oh, my God. We Bandit. still bring that up, dude. Bandit, no, you know what? Band, no, Bandit, that was, uh, that was uh, Dan. The, the guy's name was Dan. And I'm like, my dad worked for him for a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. And, like, uh, Corporate delivery, I totally forgot about Corporate that. Corporate delivery, yeah, they were a pretty big player, dude. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, at at one time I did a census in the humidity of everybody down at all the companies. I mean, there were about twenty companies and over a hundred and oh, about hundred fifty bike messengers in downtown. Yeah, when I was down there, that's a lot, dude. That's is, a lot. Man. Like every company had like five to ten. That just goes to show you how far it fell off. Like, yeah. like, but I knew the writing was on the wall, dude. When when they were already like, when, well, when faxes came in, that was the initial thing. Like, everybody's gonna lose. But their that job. took a while. Yeah, that because that was in faxes really got noticed. I remember my dad worrying about his job in the eighties with the faxes. Yeah, and I said, but not everybody's doing that. Yeah. But when the courthouse research went, because I already knew that the writing was on the wall. Yeah, I, I was like, nice nah, bomb's gonna fall out here, man. So yeah. it was what it was. You know, it was good about a five year run. A lot of memories. Oh, dude. Paid I mean, some bills. But, yeah, I mean, made some, made some, I'll say decent money for riding a bike. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? I mean, for putting that in, think about it, dude. You, you didn't have to tear your vehicle up. Yeah. And you, then rent, I mean, rent was cheap down here, Rent was here, cheap. Dude. You could eat. You could pack your lunch. You could eat on the cheap. You could manipulate prices on everything, man. And still have a good time. You and know then, you saying? know, plus all your partying. All your the alcohol, party. Yeah. Party favors. <laughs> and and a lot stuff. of yeah. partying, dude. Yeah, it was. So, all right, here, I asked uh, two questions to everybody. Um, I'll give you, like, 30 seconds to think about what is one of the craziest – you told me a little bit. What is one of the craziest moments on the bike in downtown that you experienced that you can think of? I'll give you 30 seconds. Is it on downtown or just a bike, no. period? On the bike, being working in downtown as a bike messenger. What was one of the craziest moments? I'll give you, you know, a few seconds. It could be anything, uh, like – most of the time when I say this, people are like you saw someone get killed, you saw someone kill yeah, stuff. You yeah, saw, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't mean to be bringing up morbid no, things, no, but, what but you like they bring up. Uh, so it was, uh, I was not per se on a bike, but I was working down there, and this is when is that corporate? I just started over there. This is what in, year is this? This is in '91. Uh huh. So yeah, uh, I, I drove my vehicle and I parked on the way on the other side of town by where the stadium is now, mm-hmm. and walked. So I'm walking to Baker and Bots, that was our main customer yeah. at One Shell Plaza. Yeah. So I'm walking over there, and there's there's four of us sitting the lights waiting on the light to turn green. But dude, not even like paying attention or anything, the light turned red and we got to step up. And there's a Mexican woman in front of me. Dude, a bus came through and hit her right. I mean, right in front of me. Like you like and I were talking about. In her now. car? No, she was walking. Oh, I killed her right there in front of me. So you and I, like we're talking. Yeah. You just walk across the street. The guy ran the light. Oh, the I mean, dude, he was like two seconds. She was like two seconds in front of me. Dude, he went through and he hit. It flipped her up in the air, and it's like so surreal. She's laying there dead. She's dead. Just blood's coming out of her mouth, and we're, we're like looking. Well, he pulls over. The they have metro cops and everything. And I'm looking. I know, I'm looking down at this woman, and I'm thinking that's somebody's mom or that's somebody's grandma or both. And it just, it was like. And at that time, 
I just got out of the military. That was the third person that I had seen die in front of me. Yeah. And I'm just saying, wow. Yeah. Right then, it was like, life's not guaranteed, man. Yeah, dude. But yeah, that was a, that was a very uh, shocking just actually Carl brought up the same things uh, in the last interview issue episode 19 he was there when a driver was crossing the street and a lady just she wasn't paying attention she hit the, the he was a driver delivering a package across the street and he flew up in the air and just dead huh he fell on his head first and it killed him yeah I mean he was you know trying to catch his snap he had a big hole in his head blow was coming out everywhere wow I mean dude, just to see some. I mean that's PTSD right there, dude. Yeah, you'll is. you'll never forget no, that. Never. You know, I'll never forget. Man, look at that woman. Just, yeah. I mean, just, I mean, if dude, if I if I would have walked off there, to, I mean, I think back to say that could have been me. But I mean, just yeah, yeah. You were in the car, and she no, we were on, we were both standing. Oh, you were walking. We were both walking oh. to go across the street right there. Yeah. She front, walked out. She walked out, and she didn't pay. The, the guy was stretching the light. Is what he oh, was doing. Okay. She was already in the walkway, and he like didn't pay attention. But when he did, he just he just threw her like nothing, dude. Yeah, damn, but, that yeah. is nuts. That's yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, that that's that's a, I think that's a nutty time. <laughs> that just goes to show you what we dealt with down there uh, on a daily I mean, basis, man. Hey, I've seen some stuff in downtown happen. I mean, there hey, there was a lot of death in downtown. Yeah, you know, it happened from time to time, and they would, of course people would always flock to it when it happened oh yeah you know tragedy does that man yeah. so i mean i've seen several things in downtown like that death so all right let's uh try this what here's the second question what's the funniest moment i got that i was just had you rolling dude that okay. you just couldn't stop so I got this. laughing i got this it's an easy okay. one easy so okay um uh, i had gone down to sharar's what to year um uh, Around 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. You remember where the green sheet used to be right there? Yeah, the green sheet the green right sheet. there. Okay. Yeah, McGowan. So I had gone over to Sharar's and, and got something done on my bike. Uh-huh. And they gave me a delivery in that area. So I'm, I'm making a delivery. I'm going back past. But I'm on that street where uh, the green sheet is. And I'm going towards the Fiesta down that way. Dude, here come some cops, mounted cops on horseback and there's this guy on crack or something bro butt naked running <laughs> just running dude like this just butt naked dude sweating and these guys are like trying to catch him on horseback and I'm like I'm on my bike I'm like are you kidding is this really happening and I look dude dude they didn't listen they didn't want to they didn't want to touch him or anything they, they, they accosted him uh-huh. I'll tell you exactly what it was you remember the big haunted house that used to be down yeah. there okay it was right like in that in yeah. that like right near the vicinity yeah they, they get him, and I'm riding my bike, and I'm cruising, like, looking. Here's his sweaty brother, just naked, pump, just butt naked, sweating his ass off. And these cops are looking at each other like, what do we do? You know, yeah. they're like, and they're, they're like, don't go anywhere. And they're, like, holding him. They didn't want to handcuff him. And I just drove by. When I came back, it was all the, <laughs> it was all gone, then. But, yeah, I'll never forget that, dude. Yeah. That was, uh, that was funny, man. Some good times, dude. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure you have a ton more, dude. We're just I living mean, in this just, area, dude. Because, dude, back then, this this wasn't even here, dude. This is no, all none of this stuff. All all these. And you still looking remember, out the window? You still remember right over here that building that's vacant? You remember what that used to be? Not this one. Uh-huh. That's where the Boy Scouts used to be. You remember that? Oh yeah, that's right, dude. And, uh, then they and, moved over there to Ella Thirty Fourth and uh, Six Ten. But okay. coming back to this, man, it's like just a whole. Oh, none of this stuff was here, dude. Plethora of uh, yeah, just 
town, the apartments. I used to cut through the hood right here when I lived over there. Dude. To go downtown, I would cut through the hood. And I remember a cop pulled me over. I didn't have my shirt on. Uh-huh. And I had my, my the chrome bag that, uh-huh. that they had gotten us. And he pulls me over. And he's like, I'm like, what's up? And he's like, where are you going? I said, I'm going to work. I don't know what it was about about putting your shirt on or something. I was like, okay. Can't yeah. ride your bike with, without a shirt now. Dude, I mean, this this used to be crack city over oh, yeah. here, dude. Like, you can get a lot of crack oh, I was. here. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, coming back over here. You know, now, dude, now it's like, you know, just it's a trip, dude. Like all this is. That's a great area to live in. I love, oh, yeah. I love it, man. Be honest, yeah. I can see everything down there. Yeah, I mean, mean, you got a great view of downtown. I mean, you can totally see downtown from here, dude. It's awesome. I mean, it's uh. I mean, yeah. these were the buildings that were there when we were working. Yeah, but I look down every time. Like, the all these building. other buildings, these little five, six story buildings here, like four story dude, buildings, they, so they didn't exist. No, no, check this out, though. But I remember, like every single one of them buildings. Yeah, I can I name can all remember, of them. I, oh, I can name them all too, but yeah. I can remember. Spit some out real quick. This right here is Triple Three Clay. Triple Three the, Clay. Uh, um, that's uh, that's twelve hundred Smiths right here. Twelve hundred, twelve one Bagby. Twelve. Uh, that's twelve one Bagby. That's uh, one thousand Louisiana, eleven hundred Louisiana. Fourteen hundred Smith. Fourteen hundred Smith. Sixteen hundred Smith. Sixteen hundred Smith. The what? Okay, right here, where the carousel. What is that? That's the spindle top. Yeah. That's high region. Twelve one Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah. Hey man, that's that's Courier one hundred and one. Uh, we are. Yeah. <laughs> Because the address, you didn't know the address, but you know the building. Oh, yeah. That's how I learned. Yeah. My dad's first thing. But back in the, this is how long ago it was when we started. Nation's Bank, that that, that was RBC back back in the day, dude. Yeah. Republic Bank Center, dude. Yeah. And it had the Gothic with a thing on, yeah. on top. Uh-huh. Yeah, cool. Look, 910 Louisiana, that's one show right yep. there. You can see it barely. And then not every building. Hey, let me tell you a quick step before you wrap this up. So when I started working over there, dude, I was going to school. There was a there was a a maid. There's a, a young Mexican girl, uh-huh. good looking Mexican girl. She she couldn't speak English. I speak a little bit of Spanish. Dude, we would go over there. Like she, I would always catch her peeking around the corner. So when I this is like '92, uh, I ended up we ended up dating, messing around. But she lived. Her family lived right across the street from where Spanish Flower is over in that area. Oh yeah, there was a convenience store. Yeah. She lived on the other side of that. But we went over there one night. She's going upstairs. So. We pushed the fiftieth floor. We just started making that on the elevator, dude. And that's what we do, dude. Hey, listen, we ended up having sex in that building, dude. That, hey, I should have told you that. But, hey, actually, that's some good story. That, that seems like a, a you know kind of wild story. I, hey, listen to a couple, and there's there's if you listen to some other episodes, there's some. Fun. There's a couple was, buildings out in our dome right now where I had yeah. sex with Chase because oh, it's like one of those like one of those like you wouldn't do it just so like when you're yeah, elaborating like, like I did it. No, right? you tell somebody. Yeah, like, yeah. I had sex in that building for like, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, and I've heard other messengers throughout the years told me stories about that. So, Hey, before you wrap it up, though, let me ask you a question. What about Rock? Remember Rock? Oh, remember Rock? Ronaldo. Yeah. Actually, huh? I haven't seen him. We were I remember, um, yeah, I always thought about him. He used to live in this building every year. Yeah, 2016 Maine. Yeah, 2016 yeah. Maine. Like, he lived there for what a while. Rock? Yeah. What about Frankie? You ever get Frankie? Which one? Dial. Yeah, dude. Actually, we still message each other. I want yeah, to interview you know, him, Have you done him yet? No, I haven't. That, I, 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 need yeah, I lost a lot of time. Like, honestly, dude, because I'm still single and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I had biking and partying in common with everybody, but now that people are married, yeah. now, I mean, it's like. Yeah, Frankie, I see him every now and then, man. Actually, what about was, Irish Frank? Oh, uh, man, I, I, last time I saw him maybe like two years bad? ago. It yeah, bad still? it was, yeah. It's, it wasn't all that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah. 
That guy was a good guy, man. But like you said, you know, we all had problems. Dude. Some, sometimes somebody would just go through something, they would be stuck in it too long, longer than they thought, you know. But yeah. for the most part, no animosity against anybody down there. No, no, no. Everybody's just living their life out, dude. Yeah, you know, like like I said, lessons learned. Yep. So, well, Jack, that concludes uh, episode number 20. Thank you so much yep, thank for you, man. giving me some time, brother. Nice seeing you again. Hey, yeah, I mean, we still man. kept in, you know, after I left downtown, you know, we'd hit each other up maybe once a year. Every other yeah. year we'd talk on the phone or something and just kind of catch our run into you, run into me or something. So, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for doing this. and like, Thank you, uh, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, next like time said, come to the, good. the lab, dude. Um, uh, I should have it set up real soon here. Okay. We'll do video up in the podcast room. So Sounds good. I'm, I'm still trying to get that uh, taken care of right now. So any last words before uh, we no, Just off, uh, shout out to all the former uh, messengers. I hope everybody's doing good out there, man. Good luck with everything. Yeah. And keep up the good work, man. You're doing a great job. All right, Thanks cool, for having man. me on, man. Thanks a lot. And, uh, dude, we out. Peace. Later.